Well, welcome to the situation report for April 24th, 2023. It's Lieutenant Colonel Murray. Lots happened just since Friday, but I want to start with Rumble. So Rumble throttled a bunch of my videos last week. Two, they didn't monetize for like three days. And then they throttled everything before that. So you couldn't get to it. And if you got to it, it was so incredibly slow that you couldn't listen to it. So thank thank God for RSS and Spotify and Apple Music and and uh, Apple Podcasts because now people can get to the the situation report without having to wait for Rumble to get their to get their act together. And look, there's more than one way to censor people, and this is a perfect example. If you look at what YouTube did, Rumble's doing the same thing. First, they were shadow banning people on YouTube. They were limiting views. They were obfuscating the search results. They were obfuscating the videos. They were putting in suggested videos over videos that were on the quote-unquote naughty list. And then they started demonetizing people. They would demonetize videos first, then they would demonetize channels, and then they would ban people. This exact same thing's going on in Rumble. One, they throttle my view counts. I know that some of my videos have gotten 30,000, 40,000 views. Some of the some of the sit reps I've done have gotten over forty thousand views on them, and I know that because of the the volume of email, the volume of comments, and the volume of of uh, private messages that I get on Telegram related to sit reps, literally is exponential over a three day period. I can tell you exactly when they're going to start flowing in and how many, and those have risen steadily over the last two years to the point where I can't keep up with all of it. I can't read them all. And part of that whole situation is that Rumble is now taking their time to monetize videos. And some days they're fast, some days that's like last week. But what I'm noticing is a consistent pattern of them taking their sweet time to monetize videos. And they're doing it so new events will come out in the news to make that sit rep irrelevant and the, you know, people won't tune back and listen. Luckily, you know, I've got a pretty loyal audience. So people will go back and listen. Um, and now with having RSS and the other feeds, it allows people alternatives to rumble. So you don't have to go just to rumble. And I look, I've been asked if I'll go to bitch you locals. I'm not going to put anything behind a paywall. There's no point in doing that. And I don't have the time to create the content and do the things I want to do because I have a day job and a business. I don't, I don't have time to do all that. This is, I'm maxed out just doing this some days. Today is one of those days. And in every situation where you come across this, it's good to have alternatives, which is why I was going to branch out long before this, but I finally branched out and now it's paying dividends being on RSS. And the beauty of RSS is that it gives you statistics about where people is. I have people listening to me all over the world. That's how I know there's more than a thousand views in some of these videos. It's just nonsense to listen to the, the uh, you know, to look at the video counts on Rumble. I know it's BS, but they've got their algorithms that slowly dial up the numbers over a period of time. And it's all about money. They want to keep collecting money. They don't want everything to be free. They have revenue targets too. So if they keep you, keep your head underwater, you pay them longer before they, they start giving you free airtime and you start getting monetization. But it's that threshold between when you, stop paying them every month and the advertisers start paying them because you're big enough to advertise on 
I'm sure that thresholds that gap's pretty wide, so that's probably why they're doing it. But either way, it's still not right. And it tells you how corrupt the whole social media space is in the first place. And in addition to that, you have you have a number of different um, mediums now that are doing the same stuff. And it's it, it just gets it gets old quick. And it, it's you know, it's interesting to see the moves that are being made across the spectrum. And before I get into this, everybody needs to understand something. We're going to win this fight. We already won the fight. We have one thing that they will never get back. And that's the cultural narrative. They don't have the numbers. They just don't have the numbers to be able to hold and secure the country the way they want to. And people aren't going to sign up for the control systems. They're not going to fall for the next pandemic. They're not going to sign up for martial law. They're not going to sign up for the IRS coming and seizing their property. It's already starting to happen. And the first place it's going to show up is when law enforcement shows up at your door, the FBI shows up at your door, and they meet a, a group of armed resistors. Because the day is coming when that happens. Because people are fed up with the fact that the only people that the FBI are, are interested in prosecuting are law-abiding citizens. They're not going to win this fight because of that. We're not communist China. We are not Russia. We're not the, we're not the EU. And we're not Canada. We're not just going to roll over. And I know thousands of people that feel exactly the same way I do. Exactly. And they're fed up. They're all saying the same thing. Let's get on with it already. Let's get to the fight because we know the fight's coming. And let me address that for a minute. The Some kind of a civil war benefits the elite. Kinetic operations benefits the elite because they can use that as a catalyst to say, this is why we need martial law. And there's a group of lemmings, most of them over 55, 60, that are still watching Rachel Madcow. They're still watching CNN. They're still watching MSDNC. They're still watching 60 Minutes. And they all watch that 60 Minutes interview with Ray Epps. Oh, poor Ray Epps. Let me tell you what's going to happen to Ray Epps, just so everybody's perfectly clear. That motherfucker is going to be swinging from a rope in his yard long before the fight ever kicks off. That guy is a fucking traitor. He has he's betrayed his country. He sold out his fellow Americans. And he lives here in Arizona. And everybody knows where this guy lives. Everyone. This motherfucker's not going to hide anywhere. You can paint lipstick on that motherfucking pig, and nobody is going to buy into it. No one except the lemmings on the left bought into anything that guy had to say. There's videos of that piece of shit saying, we need to storm the Capitol. We need to storm the Capitol. Everything about that guy is a fucking lie, and everybody knows it. That problem will resolve itself. The problem that won't resolve itself is all the elite and the oligarchs in this country that have funded the deconstruction of this country. They're not going to win. Just like this trans agenda. This, let me tell you how this trans agenda is going to end. This, this whole thing has spiraled out of control. And it's out of control now because 
let's first talk about what you have to go through to get that surgery. You have to get, you have to take hormone blockers. Then you have to take hormone supplements. Then you have to take these anti-rejection pills. Most of them have tremendously harsh side effects. In addition to that, you have to adjust and go through the surgery, which isn't pleasant at all. And then you have to learn how to be a different way. While you're taking all these hormones. And all these hormones affect you in very, very, very harsh ways. If, if you've ever had, like most guys that have low testosterone, they will tell you a couple of different things. One of which, and I can tell you this from my own experience, when I came back to the desert, my, my system was all screwed up. And it, I think it was from all of the vaccines, like the, specifically the anthrax vaccine. That jacked me up, and I was never right after that. My body temperature regulation, my, my, my entire metabolism changed. I mean, all these things happened literally all at once, like within weeks after getting that shot. And I didn't just get one. I got six of them. And they'd alternate arms every week, and you just get jacked up. Your arms would be sore for a week. I'm thinking, how is this helping me? I think I'd rather just choke to death and I'm loud, horrible, grotesque military death rather than get these damn shots. But after I got that shot, my body was completely screwed up. Came back. I was running. I was exercising. I kept getting shin splints. And I couldn't figure it out. And then I had, then I had stress fractures on my shins. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Went in, sure enough, testosterone's off, hormones are off. And they were giving me all these different different pills to take. And then it was, we're going to give you the shot every month. Well, what happens with the shot is they give you testosterone. They shoot it, you get it in the ass. Hurts like a motherfucker. They shoot it in there once a month, right? Well, when you first get it, you, you're, you're on a high. And then if you have a fast metabolism, it burns into your system. And then you, you, you go back into the valley. So then it's twice a month and twice a month's dangerous anyway, because it does a lot of different things to your system and your body can only process so much testosterone in a certain pace, blah, blah, blah. So there's other side effects that go along with it. But one of those side effects is agitation, right? Guys would just get totally agitated and they would be like off the charts agitated. So then they came out with other forms of, of giving it to you, right? That there's a gel you can rub on your shoulders or, you know, uh, other parts of your, your legs or whatever, you know, a big muscle group, you rub it on there in the day and it's got a unique smell. You smell like lemon pledge all day. Um, but it, it works a little bit better, but there's never a balance where you take that stuff and you feel better. And then once you go on it, your body stops producing it. And I can tell you that I, after about a year of it, I, I switched over and started doing natural path and it took me two or three years to get to the place where I'm at now, which is my body creates and produces testosterone again. It produces it at a, at a, um, a normal rate now to where I can, you know, I can function normally. I still have, yeah, I still have weight issues, but, um, all of that said, I feel better and I'm not taking any pharmaceuticals. And it's all natural, right? It's diet, it's supplements, it's it's exercise, it's sleep patterns. It's all those normal things, right? Because there's sugar in everything we eat. There's gluten in everything we eat. There's chemicals in all those processed foods. And if you if you buy, you know, fresh food and you eat fresh food and like Sigalov's just on a, he's on a carnivore diet. 
and a carnivore diet is just meat. Like, what are you having for breakfast? A hunk of meat. What are you having for lunch? A hunk of meat. What are you having for dinner? A hunk of meat. That's all you have, right? Keto is the same, right? But keto is a high fat diet. Anyway, where I'm going with this is when you when you go through all of these different regimens, it affects you in some way, shape, or form. And testosterone is just one drug that creates agitation. You grow hair, you grow tits, you grow all kinds of shit. I mean, all kinds of problems with it. Imagine taking that, taking hormone blockers, and then taking drugs so you don't reject any of the surgeries that you just did to change your sex. And you have a recipe for wild men. Literally, you have a recipe for complete chaos. Because what happens when you stop the drugs? Like any of the psycho antipsychotics or the uh, um, the uh, like the Adderalls, the Strateras, the the uh, Focalins, any of those drugs, if you can't just cut those off and stop taking those. There is there is people go through massive withdrawals just to get off of those. Same with the antidepressants. It's the same thing. And every time you go through an event like that where you think people stop cold turkey, it's fucking chaos. And the elite have created a situation where these people are not only entitled, they're armed, they're entitled, they're angry, and everybody else is angry around them. It's just a matter of time before it just blows up. And when it does, that problem is going to solve itself too because you're going to see a lot of... you're. You're going to see a lot of pent-up anger directed at a very small group of people. And there's a lot of visceral anger out there over the TV shows, over the, the you know, um, what are they called? The uh, story hours, the, the, uh, the whole insurgency that is the trans and gay movement now. Because most of the gay movement that's in business now, they're all insurgents. Every one of them, they spend all their day talking politics. Everything's been politicized to the point where the useful idiots that were never entitled are entitled now. And they are literally creating a situation for the perfect storm where when things kick off and go kinetic, they're the first ones that are going to get smoked. Because there's so much visceral anger in the society right now that it's just going to be one spark that lights the match. And I think the government's going to be the one that lights the match. And I don't think we're too far away because while all that's going on, you have the slow, steady implosion of the, the federal government over the debt ceiling, over the amount of of um, mismanagement of the federal treasury. And then you have the mismanagement of not just the, the um, immigration issue, but you have mismanagement of the way that they were going to demolish the supply chain. Look, the whole point of them demolishing all these these concurrent systems all at the same time, it's not just to deconstruct the country. It's to create a situation where people are starving and they're willing to accept any form of government in exchange to get fed. And if these guys control the food chain, they control the logistics, they move you to a city, guess what? They control everything. That's why this, and Alex Craner said in another interview, I think it was with Luongo, 
where he said, build back better is build back from the things they've destroyed. They're destroying the system so they can build it back, quote unquote, better, which really means build back better slavery from what we've destroyed and get you to accept it. And it's not going to work because they've created the perfect storm. Once the powder keg goes off, you can't control the fallout. It's like attack nuke. You don't drop attack nuke on, you know, danger close because you get hit with the fallout too. And you kill yourself when you're trying to kill your enemy, which is exactly what's happening right now because they've spent all their time trying to architect these complex plans to get people to sign up for things that they normally wouldn't believe in in the first place, and they're not buying into it. So they're desperate to get another narrative going that's going to work. And there's no narrative they can put in front of the American people right now, not even another 9-11 that people would buy into. No one trusts the government. And the, the perfect storm there, in addition to the perfect storm in the cultural war, is the perfect storm that they can say, the U.S. has become the new Nazi government. They're so incompetent, they're so corrupt, they're so inept that we need to abolish the U.S. government. You see how the game's played? The game is always played where they create multiple buckets. They get the buckets fighting against each other. And if you think back to World War II, you think back to Nazi Germany. Prior to 1930, Germany was a peaceful company, country. They had hyperinflation, and then in comes Adolf Hitler. Then towards 1935, they become the axis of evil because they were building ships. They were building against the Versailles Treaty. They were, they were moving troops in the Sudetenland. There was, they, they were doing all kinds of things that were against the green. But really all it was, was was encouragement from the elites telling Hitler he could do all these things and playing it off as if Hitler was just doing this unilaterally. What do you think they're doing with China right now? They've moved all the production capability to China. They're trying to move the reserve currency to China. China's run around brokering peace deals. Does that sound like the United States, that they're trying to build another U.S.? They're trying to replace the U.S. with China as a world power. And it's not just, it's not just the people in this country that are the useful idiots destroying our country. It's the elites overseas. And one of, one of Craner's... Um, one of his hypotheses that we talked about in the interview last week was that let's just say, for instance, the Chinese are going along with this, but they're only going along with this plan far enough to go after the elites because he used this example of the hundred years of humiliation and G has brought it up several times. And he was specifically referencing the Europeans and how the Europeans subjugated and they used China and they, they, you know, specifically the British Empire, because what he's really talking about is Hong Kong and how the rest of China suffered while Hong Kong was thriving. And you can look, you can make a lot of um, assumptions about how Xi looks at the world. But what's going to be the tell? And look, that theory, by the way, doesn't support what's happening with fentanyl, what's happening with, with the military age males moving in. There's a lot of things about that hypothesis that don't that don't meet any scrutiny. But that said, it's an interesting hypothesis that G is really going after the oligarchs and he's only playing along. But they're positioning China and they've they spent the last 30 years building and positioning China to be the new US, to be the new empire. And 
they, like I said before, most of these elites thought that they could manage China and they can manage the elites just like they did in the U.S. when they set up shop here after the Revolutionary War and specifically after World War II. They set up shop here, created the Federal Reserve after World War I, and after World War II, they created the industrial, the military-industrial complex. Most people don't realize that Serco is a British company that manages all the U.S. military bases around the globe. They manage everything for, for the military. The military has been under British rule for probably 70, 80 years since the end of World War II. And you're seeing that system crumble as we speak. You're seeing the British aristocracy, because the British, they fucking hate Chuck. They hate him, and rightfully so. Just like they hate Meghan and, and uh, Harry. They, rightfully so. They're, they're fucking morons. It's like a clone. You stamp out a clone, and over time, the clones that you're stamping out get worse and worse and worse because the genetic material that you're using gets worse and worse and worse, and that's exactly what you see right there. The genetic material just kind of pulled at, at Chuck's feet and didn't get to Diana, so now you got two morons that are that are in line and a moron running the show, and nobody likes him in the first place. And I think you're going to see that implode just as much as you're going to see Europe implode. And there's the then there's the conversation around Jamie Dimon and the um, the situation with Epstein and how they're trying to take Jamie Dimon down. I've said this before. I'll say it again because it's worth mentioning right now. You're looking at a, a group of loose-fitting marriages of convenience to achieve not only specific aims for each individual group, but a collective aim. One of them was to get rid of Trump and to continue the destruction of the Western world and create the hegemony that is China. The other one you're seeing is opening up more trade routes and economic zones so that they could create these totalitarian states within each one of these economic zones. And then they could do human trafficking and traffic children with impunity. They could commit atrocities with impunity. Well, you're seeing that fall apart as well because of the fact that, number one, the Russians aren't playing along. Number two, the Ukrainian situation is not going well. And then I found out today, which I didn't I didn't hear, and I don't remember who, I think one of my admins sent this to me. I, I got it a couple of different ways. I got it via email, and then I got it, I think one of my admins sent it to me. But it was a video that basically called out the fact that um, during the, the early part of the uh, operations in Ukraine, the Russians used a bunker buster on a um, Ukrainian bunker in Western Ukraine. And evidently there was a bunch of NATO leaders there and they were all killed in this blast. And I, if you've never heard of this battle, look up this battle. It, it was called the, the, it was, it's a battle in World War II. It was called the Battle of Tarawa. And Tarawa is a little island called Basio Island. It's 600 yards of dirt and it had an airfield on it. <clears throat> and we lost 2,500 Marines on the beach on, in Tarawa. And it was the first amphibious landing of the Pacific War, one of the first real amphibious landings. And the Battle of Tarawa was interesting for a few reasons. But one of the things that happened in the Battle of Tarawa that changed the tide of the war 
or changed the title of that that battle was during the first hour of the war, a destroyer was providing naval gunfire support to the to the landing force. And one of the spotters on the ship saw the command party, the, the Japanese command party running across the airfield. And they literally put a five-inch shell right in the middle of the command party and killed everybody in the command all in one shot. Like 30 guys killed them all with a five-inch shell in the first hour of the battle. And it, it dropped the, the Japanese defenses into disarray because there wasn't any information coming out of headquarters. There wasn't any direction. There was no, there was no movement of forces. Everybody was stuck in place. And while we, even though we fought a dogged fight for almost 24 hours before we moved off the beaches, in fact, David Shoup, one of the, the commander of the landing force, Marine Lieutenant Colonel, called on the radio at like nine o'clock at night and said, situation in doubt. That's, that's a, a Marine commander on the ground saying, I don't know if I can hold the beachhead for 24 hours. And it sent the entire invasion fleet in panic mode. But he was right. He had had, he'd suffered massive casualties. They were stuck behind the seawall. They couldn't break out. And it wasn't until the next morning that they really broke out, but they still sustained a lot of casualties getting off the beach. And the interesting part of that story is that the same thing happened in Ukraine within the first two days of the battle. The Russians dropped a bunker buster on a bunker in Western Ukraine that killed all their key leaders and killed all of the NATO leaders that were supporting them. And that put the entire defensive posture in disarray. And it explains exactly why some of the moves that the Ukrainians made during the initial invasion was so dis disorganized. It's because all their leadership was killed. And NATO hasn't acknowledged it, the U.S. hasn't acknowledged it, and neither has the press or the Ukrainians. Now, if that's true, because I'm not sure it is, but if that's true, that explains an, an an incredible amount of what we're seeing on the ground and why there were so many faux pas and weird movements by the Ukrainians after the initial invasion, because they, they had the forces to repel them and, and hold them off. But because forces weren't moving, they were moving in the wrong direction. They weren't doing the right thing. That explains a lot. Just saying. Taro was interesting for a couple of reasons. The first one was the command party was killed in the first hours of the war. The second thing was that it was an island of relatively small significance in the overall battle of the war. But it changed the Japanese doctrine for how they engaged the Marines on the beaches. And it changed the tide of the war and the way the Japanese fought um, after Tarawa. And we had mapped all of their positions out via aerial reconnaissance weeks before we invaded. We knew exactly where every strong point was. We knew where all of their, their um, gun mounts were. We knew where all of their bunkers were. We knew everything about the place. And we'd studied it. And I'm sure the Russians did the same thing in Ukraine. And I'm sure that when they dropped the bombs they did, the bunker busters, they knew exactly what they were going after. I think the fact there was NATO leadership there was a bonus that they didn't count on. And it explains why NATO is all in now. It also explains why NATO is making these stupid moves of, we got to win this war. It's all about ego at this point. 
Which brings me back to my first point that I tried to make earlier is that they're not going to win. No matter how much shit they throw at you, no matter which propaganda they throw out, no one trusts the establishment anymore. The only people that don't realize that are in the establishment. Case in point, when they put Ray Epps on 60 Minutes, they signed his death warrant. People are so angry at that guy that literally now it's going to be a religion for, for somebody to go smoke that guy. <clears throat> I guarantee you. That's how, that's how things worked in the, that's literally how things worked in Iraq. Anybody that supported the Americans between 2003 and 2008 got smoked quickly, especially anybody that was singing the praises of the Americans because they literally saw them as traitors. That's exactly how the American people see Ray Epps. Only the lemmings on the left are the only ones that think otherwise. And you're not going to win them over anyway. It's like Bill Maher talking about the whole Fox case and how, you know, people legitimately think that, that Joe Biden won the war. That, that narrative is fucking tired, even for people on the left. No one on the left, except for the hardcore left-wing morons that aren't the extreme left, believe that Joe Biden won. And then it was a fair election, especially after 2022. All of their narratives are tired. All of their lies are exposed. All of their media is, is, is crumbling under their feet. BuzzFeed going under is bittersweet justice. The next one I want to see go is Vox, the Telegraph. I want to see the Washington Post. I want to see the New York Times. I want to see I, all the icons of the left burn to the fucking ground. And I want to see them burn to the ground this year. Is it any wonder why they took why they took Tucker Carlson off the air? That wasn't because Tucker Carlson was telling the truth. He talked around a bunch of different things, but he never talked to the real issues. He was always shut down. He was controlled opposition. They got rid of Tucker Carlson because they want to usher in a new set of a new set of lies, a new set of storytellers, so that people will consider them to be cleaning up their, their act. This is how Washington works. These are the perpetrators. Here's the two guys that did it. Never mind the 25 people and 40 people behind them that supported this lie. These two guys did it. Nothing to see here. Took care of it. It's the same shit. This is the same playbook. Only this was a payment, and I'm using Ivan Rankin's words now because Ivan Rankin did a podcast that one of my admins sent me today. I listened to part of it, and here's what I got out of it that Fox paid Dominion Systems for the nomination. Okay, plausible. But here's my problem with that. You still have the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors. And the Board of Supervisors in Michigan, Wisconsin, Georgia, North Carolina, Nevada, California, Washington, Oregon, New Hampshire, New England, Maine, and Massachusetts that are all blue. Do you honestly think they're going to allow Mike Pence and they're going to move those electoral votes for Mike Pence? I don't think so. The Karen Fan here in Arizona worked for five years to turn this state blue. She went along with the McCain establishment, the Romney establishment, to help make that happen. It was on her watch that the 2020 election and the 2022 elections were stolen. She's the one that signed the unilateral deal with the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors that kept them in an office 
and allowed them to get away with the 2020s theft. And she took a $450 million payment in the form of a contract to fan construction. That's what the optics look like. If it looks like a duck, walks like a duck, it's a duck. And I'm telling you that this is the same thing. And they're only going to allow Mike Pence to get the nomination because they all hate Trump enough to make a marriage of agree, marriage, marriage of convenience to get Mike Pence as the nominee. But he's never going to win the election. And here's the reality of that. Just like the Tucker thing. I don't give two shits about Tucker. If you really understood his politics and you really understood how the guy thought, you would fucking despise him. I despise him. I, I hate Sean Hannity. He's a fucking ball licker. The only reason they got rid of, of Tucker was just a show force to say, we're still in charge, we still control the narrative, and we're going to tell you what you want to hear. And here's what the American people are going to do. Go fuck yourselves. They're going to, have, they're going to be just like Bud Light. They're going, to, they're going to swirl the bowl. And as far as I'm concerned, Murdoch's a fucking traitor along with his sons, and every one of them needs to be in Gitmo for treason and hung for treason. He was married to a fucking spy. So as far as I'm concerned, fuck you. Go fuck yourselves. You put Paul Ryan on the board, that told me everything I need, needed to know about the whole Murdoch game. All of you need to go. And this will be the catalyst for you to die. Your whole company, your whole media vision, and all of your conglomerates are going to die because of this. And it's not even because I like Tucker. It's because people thought that he was the only truth teller. And like everything else you morons have done, you've killed the cultural narrative to the point where the American people will never look back. And now it doesn't matter what you throw at him because you've created the perfect storm. And the perfect storm is going to hit all in one moment. When the economy collapses, probably in June or July, when the logistics fail, probably in June or July, and when all of the rent comes due in Ukraine and the land grab starts, <clears throat> it's all going to happen at once. And it will be very fucking personal for a lot of people. And I know that because I've heard it almost everywhere I've gone. In every state I've been to in the last two years, heard the same thing. Let's get on with it. It's time to it's it's time to reset. And this is the part the elite never counted on. Was again, the resolve of the American people has bit every one of our adversaries in the ass since this country was created. And look, when we started out, we had to make some marriages of convenience with some adversaries and with some some allies that we didn't really trust, we didn't really like, and this time it's going to be different. This time we're going to have to do a bunch of things all at once. Number one, we're going to have to bring production capability back to this country. Number two, we're going to have to turn this, the on switch on, fight the fight, and turn the off switch off without destroying all of our infrastructure in the meantime. That's going to be a tall task. Number two, we're going to have to purge all the pedophiles from this country and across the planet and eradicate the human trafficking business once and for all. And that's going to take decades to do. 
we're going to have to do at the same time we're rebuilding this country. And I don't mean rebuilding just the infrastructure, rebuilding the culture and making sure that we don't ever allow foreign interests to manipulate our culture again. We don't ever again allow oligarchs to have the power that they have now. We never again allow a company to become a living entity to where they can dictate what people think, what people buy, and what people believe in. Specifically, pharmaceuticals. They need to be regulated to the point to where they have no power whatsoever. And there's lots of ways to do that without creating the problem we have now. What we see now is the, is the result of 50 years of elites that were addicted to children that have managed the planet according to their specific addictions. The, the endless wars were just cover for the trades in both human trafficking and drug trafficking. That's all they were about. Either we're deposing someone, we're installing someone for the very simple fact that they enable and allow and condone human trafficking and drug trafficking. That's what the game's been about since 1950. And since the, the defense industrial complex has gotten so big, there's all these technologies that have been pilfered away forever and ever and ever. And now those are going to come out. When they do, it's going to, it's going to change the, the life here on Earth. And all this nonsense you hear about climate change, it's an existential crisis. Nobody buys that. Not even the left buys that. It's only the climate retards and the Greenpeace numbnuts that believe any of that shit. Now, have we overfished the oceans? Absolutely, we have. Have we, have we, you know, over, overgrown um, beef, and have we, have we made beef consumption as well as, as animal proteins more than what most humans? Yeah, absolutely, we have. But at the same time, we've also tainted the food supply to the point where the food supply is not even healthy anymore. We're going to have to reset all of it and get back to the basics. And that's going to require time and learning and suffering to get there. But I guarantee you that this generation that goes through this, they're going to be hard as nails. And they're never going to let this shit happen again. And that's why I say it's going to be very personal for people all at one time. Because they're going to find out all one time that they were poisoned by the vaccines for their bodies and their immune systems forever destroyed. They're going to realize that their government's been lying to them. They're going to realize that everybody that's in charge is a fucking pedophile a homosexual, or even worse, some kind of a trans fucking moron. And this gender dysphoria they've created is just a big ruse so that they can kill off the female species in this. Like They're trying to pedestalize women and destroy women at the same time. They want to destroy the, the woman's reproductive abilities at the same time they want to destroy what a woman is and create something out of the ashes while they're emasculating men. And they've been doing it forever. They've been pedestalizing women forever. None of this is new. But the generation that comes out of this is not going to allow any of this shit to happen again. At the end of World War II, if you would have said if you would have said fascism anywhere, they would have sent a brigade down there and, and eliminated everybody that was even mentioning those words. Same thing's going to happen here, only the difference is this time... The system that comes out of this is not going to have the ability to be changed. The beauty of the, the Constitution and the Bill of Rights, as well as 
the Declaration of Independence, is that our forefathers knew that the, it was going to be a living document that was going to grow over time. So they built provisions into the original documents that allowed for the country to grow, and they knew that it wouldn't be efficient. They knew that it wouldn't be pretty, but they knew it would work. And they knew with small refinements in the right way, with people that were actually dedicated to the country, dedicated to selfless service, those enhancements would benefit everybody. Instead, what we've gotten over the last 50 years is these fucking drug addicts that have gone in that are so addicted to power and to children that they can't see anything else. And it's just like the Roman Empire when the Roman Empire blew up. They were so addicted to power and the system was so corrupt, it basically imploded. And that's what we're seeing happening real time right now. All of their plans have been foiled. All of their all their secrets have been outed. All of their people have been outed. And every single time they turn around, something else has been outed. Last week, and this was on Mel Kay's show, by the way, which I thought was interesting. So an article came out on Friday, maybe it was Thursday, that a former CIA director said that every single one of the 9-11 bombers or hijackers was a CIA asset. Take that in for a second. You didn't see it in the mainstream news. You didn't see it in, stream, uh, in, in uh, alternative media. And you definitely didn't see it anywhere on YouTube or in Rumble. And that was the most important story of the last 10 years. Because it confirmed all in one moment that our government was behind the 9-11 hijackings. They were behind the towers coming down. And they were behind the fact that they used it as cover to institute the police state and start two 20-year wars. Every bit of it was a lie. The Bush family, the Clintons, and everybody after that was involved in the lie, including the Cheneys. All of it came out last week. Crickets. It was one of the most important news stories of the last decade. That's why I know they're not going to win. Because that came out literally in the midst of this other shitstorm. The Tucker stuff, it's all noise. I don't give a shit about Fox News anyway. I think they're all a bunch of smack tards. The thing that the thing you should take solace in right now is that more and more people are starting to figure out that this system has been destroyed by the very people trying to tell them that everything's okay. And there are a lot of people that are awake right now. In fact, I had uh, Lieutenant Colonel reach out to me via via Telegram this week, and we traded emails and traded texts and talked on the phone several times over the weekend because he wants to help out. He, he's been listening to me for over a year, and he's like, I want to help out. How do I help out, Steve? And I'm like, well, let's let's figure that out. I could definitely use the help. He's not the only one. I've got... I've got majors, I've got lieutenant colonels, I've got chief warrant officers, I've got I've got senior NCOs, I've got Navy chiefs, I've got Navy, I've got Navy captains, I've got Marine Corps colonels. All of them wanted all of them want the country back. They may not agree with everything I say, and you know, we go through this constant cycle in the channel where people get banned because the admins think they're posting stuff that they're they shouldn't be posting or they're posting spam or whatever. There's a lot of that going on, but the point is, I'm not the only military officer that is that is wants to get involved and wants to take the country back. 
And that is a refreshing change of pace, but it also tells me that Americans are starting to come together. I told you this would happen. Just wait till the government does something stupid. You'll see the country come together. And when it does, came on. And look, it's going to suck for a while. I can't tell you how. I can't tell you what, but I know it will. But when we're done, we're going to have a better country. And we're going to win the fight. We already did. When we took the cultural narrative, we won the fight. I, I, I was saying for years and years, think of the Battle of Midway. In the Battle of Midway, the, the American Navy was outgunned, outclassed, and, and they were literally a day late and a dollar short. All their aircraft, all their ships, everything was, was worn out. And everything was due for modernization. And we knew we had good intelligence that cracked the codes and gave us a leg up to conduct a surprise attack on the Japanese. And their own arrogance was their undoing. Because instead of pivoting, when carrier-based aircraft hit their carriers, they didn't, they didn't recognize that it was a trap. They pressed on, and then they got confused. And guess what? We got them at the right moment. The exact same thing happened with the cultural narrative. When they started down the route of the whole COVID narrative, that if you are not vaccinated, you are less than, they created a firestorm and a seething anger that was that was under, it was an undercurrent that was just boiling for months and months and months. And when the first case broke in the right direction, it completely destroyed their narrative and it destroyed their whole plan. Just like it destroyed their plan to keep us in COVID lockdown until 2025, till they ushered in the digital currency. That was the plan all along, to usher in a European digital currency under the guise of the World Health Organization in this pandemic response, as well as the UN running the show and building these technical cities, all this apparatus that they threw in. And the one thing they needed, the, the whole thing, to hold the whole thing together was the cultural narrative. People to buy into the cultural lie around COVID. And a lot of people didn't succumb to it. A lot of people did, but not enough for them to reach critical mass. And because they didn't reach critical mass, we took the initiative. And now they're never getting it back. They've been on the defensive ever since. That should sound very familiar to the Japanese after Midway. After Midway, the Japanese were on the defensive to, through the end of the war. And like the Japanese, the elite are not going to go down without a fight. We're going to have to nuke something to get them to capitulate. Or we destroy all of them. That's just the game. Because they're not going down without a fight. They're not going to go quietly and they're not going to give up. That's why I say it's going to suck for a while. Because we're going to have to reset the entire system at the same time we're fighting a conflict and probably fighting the Chinese. But look, the one thing that we have going for us is the one thing we had going for us in World War II, and that is the American people, the spirit of the American people. We were, Americans are ingenious. They're innovative. They're creative. They're spontaneous. It's not going to take a lot to get that culture back, and when that culture comes back, I guarantee you, you're going to see a massive shift in the way we operate. 
And it's not going to be going back to the old way of doing business in the nuclear family. Those days are forever gone. It's going to be a new form of culture and a new form of family that is based off of the nuclear family, but not the nuclear family in total. Because what was wrong with the nuclear family? The whole idea was, you know, your wife is barefoot, she's pregnant, she's at home, and you single family income, and you go home and you you have your one-car family. We've, we changed that in the 80s. And the other thing that we've, we changed in the 80s and 90s is we changed this concept of the working woman. And we've, we've embraced the working woman. And we're not, why would we let that go? It's an asset as much as it's, it's you know, as much as it's a cultural change. Just like it's an asset to have working class people from all walks of life. Literally, that's an asset. We changed that too. You know, it used to be you work until you're 60, 62, and then you retire and you live off your pension. Okay, pensions are broke and the industries are broke. And we have a we have an entire generation that's been told that, you know, you don't work in a trade because blue collar is is basically, you know, peasant work. I mean, they program that into five generations. You think that's going to go away overnight? We're going to have to recreate the fact that having to trade is just as valuable as having a degree in some cases. Think about all the art, the, the artisans that are out there that are in various industries. Like I use plumbers, for, for instance. I, I, a friend of mine is a plumber. And he loves what he does because he does so many different things and he, and he makes a incredible amount of money doing it, by the way. And he's got a, he's got a small shop. He's got four or five guys working for him. He's got a front office staff and, you know, he's got all the tech to, to, to schedule and get stuff squared away and send you text messages, the text on his way. They got all that. But the things that gets him out of bed every day, it's not the fact that, you know, he's, he's changing, you know, bibs outside and he's changing sinks and he's, he's changing pipes and he's, you know, he's putting in water heaters. No, he's trying to figure out better ways to do stuff with plumbing. And he's already figured out a number of different ways. Like he's figured out vents for hot water heaters. He's figured out drains for water, hot, hot water heater. He's figured out how to use specific um, burners for water heaters to make them last longer. He's figured out and he's trying to figure out how to use wastewater from your sink to um, clean it on site and then use it to um, just water the grass. Like he's, his point was, think about if we could get all the contaminants out of the gray water from your sink, just from you brushing your teeth and washing your face, and we could use that to water your plant, water your grass because it's grass, right? And, and grass is really resilient, so you can you can throw. Um, somewhat, you know, pretty clean water on it, and the ground will filter out the rest, right? Because the ground's really good at filtering water. And he's been trying to figure it out for years. And and it's that kind of guy that we want building our homes. It's that kind of guy that we want building our society because they're thinking through how to do things better. It's like electricians, same thing. I've got several cousins that are electricians, and they're always looking for new ways to do stuff to figure out what's the best way to wire a house for the maximum amount of energy um, conservation. So I'm not using, I'm not burning up extra energy. Like this whole concept of lights that switch on and off lights and motion sensors turn on and off lights. It's a great innovation because you're not, you don't have to go in there and switch a switch on. It just does it by itself. And if there's no boom in the room, it shuts down. It's great. Perfect energy saver, right? 
but they're always looking for different ways to to do things and different ways to, to you know to set up a house so that you have better coverage for electricity and you don't waste electricity. I mean, there's a lot of different pieces to it. But the point is, these are the people that we have in our country. These are the people that are the builders. They're the people that are building your homes. They're fixing your, they're remodeling your homes. They're fixing the things that are broken in your home. All of those, all of those skills are just as important as a degree. Just as important. And all of those trades we need to bring back here. We need them to be just as valuable and just as respected as all the others. But the fact that we have academic homosexuals that are only worried about image and prestige, that should tell you exactly why we have generations that refuse to do that work because they don't see it as valuable. Just like auto mechanics. It's the same thing. I like I my I have a mechanic that's um he's up in Washington. He takes care of my my mom's car and one of my kids' car. And he's amazing because he'll call me and say, Hey, I haven't seen your your mom for a while. I know that car probably needs oil change if she's driving a lot. Have her bring it in next week and I'll take a look at it. And when there's something wrong, he calls me. This is what it is. He fixes it. He's like, it should be good to go now. There's a problem. Bring it back. I'll make it right. And he's been that way for 11 years. And I'm telling you, those are the trades that matter in this country. Because that's what those are the trades that got us through two world wars and got us through 50 years of the Cold War. It's those trades. They were building Air Force bases. They were building Army bases. They were building housing. They were building skyscrapers. That's the builder class. That's why we're going to win this fight. Those are the people we need to encourage. Those are the people we need to celebrate. And those are the people we need to bring back. And that's how we bring back that. That's how we bring our country back is to celebrate those trades and celebrate those people. That's how, that's how we win the fight. Anyway, it's food for thought. And this week, instead of ending with a, with a hair band, I'm going to end with some journey because I think it's a little time for a little journey. Don't stop believing because I, you know, I've been playing ACDC. I've been playing all the rest of them. Uh, White snake. I've been playing Dawkin. I think it's time for a little journey because journey is one of those groups that was iconic in the eighties. And this was one of their marquee songs. You're, I mean, they burned up the radio with it. Every 20 minutes you heard this song. So here's Journey, Don't Stop Believing. God bless one team, one fight.
A singer in a smoky room A smell of wine and cheap perfume For a smile they can share 